So I want to talk about perfectionism and managing to get things done. I probably shouldn't be considered an expert on this, but I do get a lot of things done. Maybe not all of them are done to a perfect standard or an extremely high standard, but that's not what I'm trying to do. Other people are really good at getting things to high standards, especially their artwork, their code projects. They spend lots of time going over things and making sure that everything is really refined. That typically doesn't suit my personality as much. I mean, there are really good reasons why you should spend time making something high quality. But for me, being a general YouTuber, making things on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, and as someone with quite a low attention span and low patience, I'm always just trying to churn stuff out because my interests are always changing. And if I stick on one thing for too long, then anxiety builds up and we just get really stressed and really uncomfortable. So to give you some advice, like what do I do to make tons of stuff? Well, I have a few little tricks for getting around the perfectionism, self-sabotage mentality. And I think I've talked about this on the YouTube channel before, but just to get it on record for the podcast, I never work on just one project. But the caveat to that is I don't work on too many projects. So typically I have about two or three things in my mind that I want to actively work on. They are generally quite different in their scope. So for example, one of them might be a programming project, one of them might be an artistic project, and one of them might be a discussion project. Now they should all be something that I want to make. But given the low attention span, if I spend too long on each one of them, then I'll start getting stressed. So while I'm working on one, which I'll consider the high priority project, I'll spend like maybe a week on it and try and put it out. But if it's taking a bit too long, I'll start thinking about ways that I can trim the project down. Because ultimately, I just want to move on to the next one. Now, this is very different from, say, if I was just working on one project. Because when you're working on one project and you can see the end in sight, what comes afterwards is just a void. And a void of having nothing to do can be quite terrifying for people. So you start procrastinating and doing all sorts of other random things just to avoid hitting that. Even if you think objectively, yeah, I want to get to that void because then the project will be out and I can see that I've achieved something. Still, the void of having nothing to do means that you have no task to move on to. And when you've got nothing to move on to, you will start creating new tasks just to fill the gap. Now, of course, not everyone will do this, but this is something that I know a lot of people struggle with. And it's something that I've definitely struggled with, which is why I kind of changed how I manage my projects. So for me, the purpose to having two or three projects at once is that I can take the next one and put it in place of that void. So the transition from project one to project two isn't like a big jump. It's rather a smooth transition. If I break the end of project one and the start of project two into smaller, finite tasks, then stepping between them doesn't feel like such a hurdle. So for example, if I'm doing two videos for YouTube, I tend to work through checklists. When I release a video, I have a checklist for preparing the content and for doing all the admin work and for publishing and publicizing the video. And then there should ideally be a checklist for the beginning of the next project. Now, even something like putting these checklists on different pages adds a barrier in your mind that says, okay, these are separate projects. So why do that? Because that implies there's a void in between them. So I tend to keep my notes for all different projects on the same pages. Maybe a bit messy, but it works out for my mind. So literally, it'll be a case of, okay, render this video, export it, back it up, do the thumbnails, description, tags, end screens, playlists, publish, Discord notification, Twitter, emails, and then straight afterwards, it'll be like, okay, create Premiere Project for the next video, collect recording clips, or upload a package to Patreon or something like that. It'll all be on the same page. So my mind doesn't need to see that there's a barrier in between these projects. Now, this may not work for everyone, but it definitely works for me. So my way to avoid perfectionism from taking over my full process and preventing me from actually publishing content is to just make more stuff and ideally blend the task together in a way that doesn't feel like such a leap between the different categories of the projects. So we're kind of looking at it on the macroscopic scale of, let's say we had different easily identifiable projects to do this with. 
But I guess the same kind of psychological trick could still apply to one really large project. If you break one huge project into a collection of micro projects and try and blend the tasks together in the same way, then maybe that could help you out. I don't know, I don't know your personalities, but who knows, it might be worth a try. Alright, so what about deadlines? Well, everyone's got an opinion on deadlines. I have some mixed views on deadlines. I think they're very useful and sometimes probably required for certain types of large-scale projects, especially complex projects with lots of dependencies and responsibilities. But on a personal, solo project level, I don't really have solid deadlines. And I don't like working with them because I'm sure many people would say deadlines give you a target to work towards, but I would say that deadlines give you a target to relax towards. And you know exactly what I mean. Like when you get homework from school, you have a deadline, you leave it until last minute. Okay, sometimes you'll do it early if you're feeling productive or you've got a good reason to do so. But for those of us that actually left it until last minute, you know what it feels like. You want to do it. You really don't want to deal with the stress of knowing that you have to do it eventually, but you still leave it until the last minute. So in my mind, no deadline, no worry. But then again, with my work, I don't have too many responsibilities because I could just make content when I want to and that's it, put it out. Now I have what I would call soft deadlines. Deadlines that I can move wherever and whenever I like. And an example of what I would call a soft deadline would be the one week in between YouTube videos because I try and aim for weekly uploads. It's not always achievable. Sometimes I will feel more ambitious, so I will allocate myself maybe a couple of weeks or a few weeks to a project, but generally I try and stick to a weekly basis. It's a flexible cycle of a deadline, but it's not like it's something I'm directly imposing onto myself. It's not forcefully against my will. I've kind of calibrated it to work alongside my level of patience because it's quite rare that I'll be interested in working on a project for more than a week. So it's a very sensible soft deadline. Now I know there's quite a few people out there that want to do their own projects and make a sustainable living essentially on passive income, which is what I'm doing right now, where they just keep on producing content and keep on putting it out there. And they really want to over-professionalize it by organizing all their tasks in all of these project management softwares and putting everything on the calendar and giving themselves set deadlines and treating it like a proper job. Maybe that works for quite a few people. It doesn't really work that much for me. I do track some of my tasks in project management software, but as I said, soft deadlines only because I find that without hard deadlines, I actually get more done. And I think I would get more done than if I did have deadlines. Now, I don't know who said it, but Ben, aka BBBN19, brought this to my attention in a recent conversation, but it was a really nice phrase, which is work expands to fill the gap that's allocated for it. If you set yourself a long deadline, the work that you make is going to take that long to make. Oftentimes, in my opinion, if you don't have a deadline and you're really ambitious and really energized, you've got the right motivation for the project at the time, you can probably get it done a hell of a lot faster than you think. A deadline gives you an excuse to spend more time. Now, combining this with what I just said about the whole perfectionism loop, having multiple projects and removing the void in between those projects, always wanting to step forward because each project is something new and it's a different type of work, having no deadline makes that so much easier because it just feels like a constant progression. We're always moving, we're always learning something new, we're always making something new, we're always publishing something for people to enjoy. And it's like a constant flow of little dopamine hits if you want to think about it that way. But again, this is going to be different for absolutely everyone. No one's going to feel the same way about this. And I'm sure there are people with much better levels of patience than me. I'm generally more open to new ideas and open to experiences than other people. And the reason why I sound kind of certain about that is because I've had some of those personality tests done, you know, the ones that measure neuroticism and things like that. And apparently I'm very open to new ideas and experiences, which is why the interests are always fleeting around. If you feel like you're similar in that regard, then I encourage you to try maybe using my technique for a little while, see if it works for you. Multiple projects, blend the space between them, 
no hard deadlines, only soft ones, and ride on the back of your ambition and motivation to see if you can get more done over time. Perfectionism can be quite a dangerous thing from a mental health standpoint because it can generate a lot of anxiety. And here's the trouble with having negative experiences when creating something is that you will remember them when you create new things in the future. This is why I'm always careful when talking to people that want to learn Blender, for example, and they have these hyper-ambitious projects. Now, I think trying to make something hyper-ambitious and failing is a really, really important part of the process. It will teach you what your limits are, your limits for frustration and patience. But encountering frustration can be very, very dangerous for the learning process because it can just put people off wanting to try in the future. And I think there's something very similar that can happen with perfectionism, causing a bit of a self-sabotage moment to happen. Where if you feel like you've really struggled with a large project in the past and it took you ages just to get over the finish line, I worry that it might make people more resistant to trying larger and more ambitious projects again in the future for fear of having the same experience as the ending of that last project. So that's something that everyone needs to keep in mind, like your previous projects and your experiences you had with them don't define the experience you'll have with future ones. And you've got to objectively look at that and go, huh, okay, this is, this is a fresh start. Yes, I've had a frustrating time last time, but I'm not going to let that happen again. I'm going to look at it objectively. I'm going to step back and just be less emotional when I encounter frustration. And I think improvement in this regard, improvement with dealing with a lack of patience and frustration and fighting against a perfectionism, I don't think it's a case of completely eliminating those factors. I think that over time, you just get better at dealing with it and better at predicting when it's going to affect you most heavily. Over time, if you come up with new ideas for projects and you keep failing, you will start to identify what types of projects just aren't good for you. And sure, that's maybe a bit of a vague statement, but everyone has the types of work that they like and hate. Let's take, for example, maybe game development. Maybe there's someone that likes every single aspect of game development except for animation. Well, that would be me. So over time, I would learn to pick projects that don't require animation. Now, that's not to say don't step outside your comfort box and learn new things, because of course, that's a fantastic thing to do. You will learn so many new things and you will encounter new experiences and pathways that could lead on to other great things. But if your goal is to get things done, be realistic about your attitude and be realistic within your predictions or whether or not you'll actually be able to make something within a given time frame. Okay, so let's talk a bit about self-reflection with perfectionism then. So in your mind, you, the person listening to this now, what do you think perfectionism is? If you imagine yourself, you're making a project, you're getting close to the end, and you don't want to release it because it's not perfect, what are you feeling? Do you have a sense of value for the project and you want to increase that value as much as possible, like it's a gem and you want to polish it? Or is it an element of fear and anxiety that comes into it where you don't want to put something out that's not perfect in your mind because you're afraid of the reception it might receive from other people? I think usually perfectionism appears as one of these two things, or sometimes both. But I think it's important when you are struggling with this issue to kind of identify to which degree it is one of these things, because that will give you indications of what the solution may be to get over it. Because struggling with a personal sense of value for the project is very different from struggling with the fear of releasing something for retaliation, essentially, of what other people might think. I have experienced both of these things in the past for a range of different projects. With the sense of value thing, I remember when I first started my portfolio on ArtStation, it almost became an addiction. When I wanted to put things out, the portfolio itself became this source of a sense of value, like it was a collection of gems, and I always wanted to add more gems to that collection. Now, I'm not calling my artwork gems, most of it's pretty mediocre, but to me, it felt like it was a treasure trove, essentially, like I was a dragon sitting on my hoard, and my hoard was a portfolio, so I always wanted to add more to it, because it gave me a personal sense of value. 
But here's the thing, thinking about micro and macroscopic scale again, each of those art pieces could have been a perfectionist issue in and of itself, but it wasn't because I always wanted to move on to the next one. The portfolio as a whole became this perfectionist project where I always wanted to add more to it to give it a higher value. So you can see there's a difference in scope or a frame of reference there. If you're dealing with a project and you feel like you're holding out because there's a sense of value you want to keep increasing, maybe find a way to take the step back from the project and see it as part of a larger whole. Like if you're doing a short film, for example, and you can't finish it, maybe think of the entire short film as an episodic thing. Break down the different parts of the short film into different episodes in your mind. When you finally present it to someone, you can present it as one film. But in your mind, if you break it down and treat each of those things as a smaller, imperfect component of the perfect whole, if that makes sense. I guess what I'm trying to say there is that there's a certain aspect of a project where we measure perfect. And if you can change the scope where you're taking that mental measurement, then maybe that will help you get over the addiction to the sense of value. But here we can get really abstract and talk about, okay, what is the definition for perfect? Let's say there's someone that you've fallen in love with. You look at them and you think, okay, that's perfect. Something like this is so perfect, it feels impossible that it should exist. But what scope are you measuring perfection at? You see the person as a whole and that is perfect. But if you zoomed into a smaller scope or frame of reference, you would see lots of imperfections. A collection of imperfections can make something perfect, it just depends at the scale of which you're seeing it from. And your description of what perfection is will be wildly different from the description of someone else. So maybe just keep these things in mind. Okay, so moving over to the fear of people not liking what you make when you're putting it out. Again, I've definitely experienced this, I had to force myself to get over it when starting the YouTube channel. I really didn't want to put the content out. I made a three-part tutorial series, it was building a sci-fi corridor with Blender and Unity, and honestly I was afraid. I thought that oh, there's going to be people out there, experts and people that know what they're doing, who are just going to come along and roast it. Absolutely did not happen. In fact, what actually happened was it kickstarted this entire career. It's very, very difficult to tell someone to get over the fear of wanting to put content out. And believe me, I've tried on multiple occasions in many different ways. But it's one of those situations where it's a lesson that you can't just tell someone they need to experience for themselves, which is the same with so, so many issues in life. And another one that ties in here is the fear of failure, because that's extremely relevant. You can't tell someone not to be afraid of failure. Well, of course you can tell them, but they won't understand it completely and absolutely emotionally until they have experienced a collection of failures and they've learned to get over it themselves. Emotional memory is such a key component to learning something and actually applying it to your personality. We can't transfer emotional memory effectively with language and visual demonstrations alone. We can get part of the way, but it's still an extremely limiting factor when it comes to teaching life lessons. So we're kind of destined to repeat the same mistakes again and again, but I suppose that's part of the personal journey. So this element of being afraid of putting something out there because you don't feel like it's done and people aren't going to like it, you just need to do it. As you do it again and again, and as you realize that it's actually okay, that you're not going to have an army of people hunting you down with pitchforks just for putting something out that was slightly imperfect then you will build up this mental, emotional library of memories. Memories to act as a collection of notes to say, hey, actually, it's okay. It was fine. This was a situation where I anticipated something really bad happening, and that did not happen. But man, there are so many people that feel this with anxiety, and this is something that I can definitely resonate with. I don't like meeting new people in real life. Like, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big situation. You're always worried about what their impression of you will be. And especially if you're going to a new place. Maybe there's a new place you want to get your hair cut. God, you have to learn about all these new people and kind of get a gauge on what kind of personality they have and how to speak to them. It's an unfamiliar environment and that generates anxiety. 
Or another good example is going for a job interview. Oh my God. In your mind, before you go to that environment, you will create so many different possible negative visualizations of what it could be like, and it will never, ever be one of those. You don't know what you don't know. Without all of the appropriate information, you have no way of predicting what an experience will be like before it's actually happened. Anxiety is the core of self-sabotage. It holds us back from putting out the content that will effectively propel us into the future. And though I really, really wish there was a good way just to tell people straight up, for like, listen to this sentence and then all your issues will go away. You'll be able to put content out. Your perfectionism will be done. Your anxiety will be moot and everything will be fine. It's something that people need to take the steps to improve and then to experience for themselves. So if you're listening to this and you're holding onto a project right now and you're thinking, well, it's nearly done. I don't want to put it out because there's still some polishing that can be done. I don't really know exactly when it's going to end. Then look, this is my sign to you. Release it. Do it. Now, I can't lie to you and say that a reaction to something you make will always be perfect and happy and everything will go better than you expect it to, because that would just be a lie. You know, this is real life. You have no way of objectively knowing what is going to happen. But if you're prone to high anxiety, then just keep in mind that it may be the case that things are probably going to go more positively than you expect most of the time. But of course, like everyone has a different life situation. And me talking to a microphone over the internet, it's very easy for me to say that. But you know, I'm a community manager, I'm a YouTuber, it's kind of my job to give people encouragement. I love, love, love seeing people that are trying to build their own thing, their own businesses, that are just exploring their interests in a completely original way, trying to make something new for the world, trying to get people excited, just having fun. And I love it. And I want those people to grow. And quite often I try and surround myself with as many people like that as possible. Because I think it's a good, really healthy collection of personalities to be around. Highly creative, open to experience, friendly, encouraging, and never letting anyone get them down and ruining their ambition. Inside everyone is a spark of possibility. And one of the tragedies of the fear of failure is that there are so many thousands, millions of people around the world that have just decided for themselves that they don't want to try anything particularly creative or entrepreneurial because they just assume that it won't work out for them. Imagine the kind of world that this would be if people put that mentality aside and actually put out everything that they wanted to make. The number of geniuses that we would have to reference, the leaps and bounds in technical, medical, cultural marvels that we would have would be crazy. But nothing moves if people don't share what they make. You are not a single, solo, alone, sentient being in this world. We are all connected, all part of one massive community. So just open up and share a bit. You know, another thing that's really interesting to think about after being a creator for a few years on YouTube now is that when you achieve the task of getting over your fear of finishing a project and put something out there, regardless of how you thought it was going to go, you can become a source of inspiration and motivation for other people to do the same thing. So perhaps unknown to you, a cascade of creative output has occurred. You make something that inspires people, someone else makes someone that inspires people, and then that carries on. This is one thing that's interesting about the algorithm for YouTube is that us Blender creators, the audience members bounce around each other. And for those of us that talk together on a daily, weekly basis, we kind of inspire each other to try new techniques and new things. It becomes this kind of beneficial family of motivation where everyone wants to show each other what they're making and everyone wants to see how each other person would do the same thing. This is something that I found with the Blender Nest podcast I've been running, like they put out a piece of artwork using a technique that I've never tried before, then I want to play with it, then I'll put out like a new kind of resource pack, and then they'll start using it and making new things from it. And it's just this really, really nice, wholesome, feel-good sensation where this continuous flow of creative output just makes everyone happy, 
everyone learns things at a faster pace, and I think the collective positivity in the world has increased. So yeah, take this episode of the Hulkcast as a motivational kick, as a positivity boost if you need it. You're perfectly capable of finishing that project. And you should definitely know that all these struggles that you have with your creative work, you are not alone. Everyone feels them in some way, but part of the personal journey of developing as a human being is learning how to deal with all these situations in your own way. Everyone's life experiences are different. Just take the time to meditate on your successes and failures and learn to apply those lessons in the future. So I think that's where we'll leave it. Thanks for listening, everyone. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate the support. You're absolutely fantastic. So thank you, stay safe, and I'll see you next time.